Right now, there's a big focus at Washington State University on the health sciences. WSU Spokane has the new medical college, the College of Nursing, and the College of Pharmacy. However, only select populations tend to gravitate toward careers in the health sciences. There are definitely underrepresented groups of students. Janet Frost is a clinical associate professor in the college's mathematics education program. She's also the director of the Health Science STEM Education Research Center at WSU Spokane. Among other things, the center works on finding the best ways to help health science experts to better teach, mentor, and guide these underrepresented students in a way that allows them to consider health sciences as a potential career. Covering all aspects of teaching and learning, educational leadership and psychology, kinesiology and sport management, it's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here on Education Eclipse, and I'm with Janet Frost, who's the director of the Health Science STEM Education Research Center here in Spokane. Janet, I just want to ask right up top, if I have like a bazillion dollars to fund whatever I want, would this be a good project for that? Yes, it would definitely be a great project for that. So now we're going to tell people why. Oh. Tell us about this Health Science STEM Education Research Center. It is a mouthful, but we can break that down and, and you can give me an overview of the center. Okay. Let me start with what the needs are in this area. So the first thing is there's a real shortage of health care providers, particularly in um, certain populations. So, for example, in Native American reservations for example, or in rural areas. So lots of, lots of different areas like that. Um, there's, there's a great need for more health care providers. That's the first thing. The second thing is that we really have um, certain groups of students who are underrepresented in the, going into the health sciences. And um, they're the same group that we see are under, upper, underrepresented in lots of STEM disciplines. So for example, um, again, students from rural backgrounds, students from minority backgrounds, students from low socioeconomic Status, backgrounds, that kind of thing. And the third piece is um, that um, health science faculty who get hired in the health science programs, they're really hired for their expertise in the health sciences, but they don't necessarily know much about how to teach effectively. So one of the things that they see a real need for in these in the colleges on this on this campus in the health sciences are some kinds of ways to support those folks in learning how to be effective teachers. So that's, that's the background. So how's this being funded then? So um, let me tell you how it was begun, and, and that also relates to the funding. So this is something that was begun. It was initiated by the chancellor on this campus, Lisa Brown, and her senior vice chancellor at that time, John Roll, in collaboration with Mike Trevison and the College of Education. So it was always a, a dual group that was pulling this together, so the funding looks exactly the same. So at the moment, it's funded by those two groups. Washington State University Spokane and the College of Education. Um, so the hope is over time that it's going to become self-sustaining, but we're not we're not there yet. We're still in that process. Uh, of course, the obvious follow-up question would be, what would it take to be self-sustaining? Is this will it provide services that that you receive money for, or would it be donors? Ideally, it would be three sources. So the both of the ones that you mentioned, so services that we provide and um, donors would be wonderful. And then the third piece is, of course, the external funded research that we might do. So that would be another source of funding. It makes sense. People that, that have expertise, but they don't necessarily know how to, to teach. They haven't gone through those kind of formal trainings. 
What is the work that you do to make sure that they are trained, that they are better prepared to, to teach? So there are a couple pieces to that. So one of the pieces is we really need to be conducting more research about what are effective practices in the health sciences. Some things we know already, what, are, what we know about how people learn, what are generally speaking effective ways to engage students and help support their learning. So that's a piece. But are there unique pieces in the health sciences that we really should be emphasizing? For example, um, one of the things we see a lot in the health sciences is the use of simulation. So that's something that's not really quite the same as what we would see, for example, in working with teacher preparation. So what would that look like and what's the most effective way? Another piece that's really important is the interprofessional element. So in typical health sciences environments, um, doctors and nurses and pharmacists and nutrition people, all kinds of folks have to interact with each other and, and be able to collaborate well. So that's another important piece that we need to study more and figure out how to promote that most effectively. If you're a student and you go to our college and you're elementary ed or something, you just get an endorsement. Because I, I think there's some assumption that in, in the course of life, you know, you you do learn in your own schooling some math. You, you learn, you know, whatever your endorsement may be in. People don't usually get into the health sciences in depth. Is it because it's such a niche field or or something that, that this is requiring a center instead of like an endorsement? Maybe just touch on that. Well, the first piece is that we know from the research on career understanding and knowledge and, and ideation that students often take themselves, they, they develop beliefs that people like them don't pursue careers like that. So one of the examples is, for example, a Native American student might say, well, I've never seen a Native American who's a doctor or a nurse or a pharmacist. So clearly people like me don't pursue this kind of profession. So that's one of the pieces that we need to find a way to address. Um, and one of the ways we need to do that is how can we do a better job of, of providing knowledge to students all the way through of these careers are accessible to people like you, and people like you can make a huge difference in your community that matters so much if we just help you understand how to access it, understand about the financial aid that's available, and also make sure that you're prepared academically. So for example, math is a huge gatekeeper in this area. Lots of people don't necessarily feel like they've learned math in a way that made them feel empowered. Instead, they don't feel like they like it. They feel intimidated by it. And then, because then they don't pursue it and they don't necessarily do well in it, then they end up not being able to do the math they would need to access those careers. So that's another piece we need to look at, too. And we need to help students connect those dots. Wow, I have to do better in this so that I'm going to be more able to pursue these careers, and then we need to give them the support so they will be more successful. What maybe are some of the other cool research projects that you know about? It doesn't have to be in-depth or anything, but uh, just a basic primer on, on some of the neat research that's happening out of the center. So some of the things that we're doing, I'm, I'm doing some work about innovative math and science education kinds of environments and what effects that has in students' learning. I'm also looking at what are better ways that we can support the professional development of teachers at rural schools because they don't necessarily have the same access to professional development that, say, an urban teacher does. And that's going to be important for those students getting the most effective teaching. Um, some other things that I think are of interest, there's a, there's a camp that 
that's held on this campus. It's the Native American Health Sciences Camp, and it's called Nahashni. And um, so what would happen if that camp included research experiences for students that connected back to their own community and their community health concerns? Would that help them have this sense of, wow, I could really make a difference for my community? And would that then have an effect on um, their pursuit of health science careers and their success getting into college and completing those kinds of programs. Um, some other things that I think are of interest, uh, we have a new faculty member now that's part of the center, Deva Chakravarti, and she's done research on underrepresented students and their ability to get through medical school successfully, and also around imposter syndrome and that sense of, well, I'm not really the person that people think that I am, so therefore I'm not going to be successful. So I think those are also really interesting areas of research that directly relate to these ideas. Moving forward, I always think of the therefore what. So what what is the, not pie in the sky vision, but what is the, the real potential? What do we really see happening out of this? And what would we do even more if we had all this additional funding from those three sources that you talked about? Well, I know you said not pie in the sky, but I'm going to tell you pie in the Give sky. Give it to me. <laughs> So um, what I would really like to see happening, and um, I'd like to see this happen, for example, I'd like to see a lot of this happen within the next five years, and then soon after that. So first of all, I'd like to see the center fully self-supporting. I'd like it to have robust programs in all four areas that are the focus areas for the center. The first one is research. The second one is K-12 outreach. That's really that career education piece and making sure that their students have the math and all those kinds of things that they need. The, the third piece is professional development across K-20, which we've mentioned. And then the fourth piece is also influencing policy particularly in this state, but in the nation as a whole. What are we doing um, in education that would, um, that could be changed in a way that would better support students learning, especially underrepresented students learning. So my hope then is if we can address all of those things effectively, we would have ultimately the results that K-12 students have frequent exposure to and knowledge of health science programs and careers, and that they're academically prepared to access them, and if they do pursue them, that they're taught with the best practices that result in their academic and their professional success. And ultimately, really big picture pie in the sky, that we would have the effect that the current shortages, especially in underserved areas, meaning in the health science professions, are steadily reduced and eventually eliminated. That's what I want to see. Plus world peace. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much. And honestly, I mean, we've seen uh, a tremendous growth here in Spokane. You know, even having a medical school, I mean, I, I don't think that's anything that people would have thought would have happened 10 years ago. But but we have it now. And so I think there's tremendous potential for any of this stuff. I may say pie in the sky, but who knows? Like, we'll see. So thank you, Janet. I appreciate it. We'll certainly talk to you more about this because we will want updates on, on the research. Uh, anything else you want to add? Nope, but thank you very much. This has been lots of fun. All right. Thanks very much. Janet Frost, Director of the Health Science STEM Education Research Center here on the beautiful campus of Washington State University, Spokane. You've been listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.